back to Oxford from Portugal. I was the next day I was supposed to go to Rome mm -hmm. uh, and lost my passport uh, from oh, no. getting back from the bus that brought me back to Oxford. Uh, so in between walking from the bus to my apartment, I lost my passport in a snow blizzard. Uh, and so I did not get to make my trip to Rome. So I was, for about 48 hours, I was in England with no passport, no money, mm -hmm. uh, no, no, no nothing. And, and graciously, uh, the day after I was supposed to go to Rome, a complete stranger found my pouch with all of my stuff in it, found my email address, emailed oh. me and then told me to come back and get my stuff and everything was intact. Oh so my I was goodness. a little upset that I didn't get to go to Rome. Uh, but at the same time, I was truly grateful that I was able to get all my stuff back. Yeah, you got your stuff back. That's wonderful. <laughs> Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, Perspectives on Studying Abroad from Past and Present Students of Color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because I've been looking forward to sharing this guest with you for quite a while. If you remember from episode one, uh, the very first guest I had on this podcast was my cousin Kayla. And today I have another cousin by the name of Jaquay, who is actually one of Kayla's older brothers. So we're keeping it in the family this time around. And also, as I'm sure you've noticed, Jaquay is the first guy on the show. And um, women, black and Asian women in particular, have been holding me down for weeks now, for weeks. And I cannot say how much I appreciate that. Um, with that said, I also want to highlight as great a variety of experiences, of POC experiences as possible. And so I am also greatly appreciative of having a dude on here to talk about what he's done. So there's that. And last, but certainly not least, uh, Jaquay is the first HBCU grad on the show. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Jaquay went to one, which he's very proud of, as you'll hear. And um, uh, while he was in undergrad at his HBCU, he got to finish the last semester of his senior year at the University of Oxford, also known simply as Oxford in England. Um, so we mostly talk about that, but also some of the little miracles that happened along the way that made his experience what it was and um, overall helped him to get to where he is today. So it's a short one, but it's powerful and I really hope that you enjoy it. So uh, without further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy my interview with my cousin, Patrick J. Bryant. Oh, likewise. <laughs> um, okay, so you're doing all right. You had a, a good week. You're having a good I morning am. so what far. About you? I'm yeah. glad the work week is over with, and then it's yeah. time to get ready for church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. All right, so I will not uh, waste any time. Uh, so you're my cousin, Jaquay. Yeah. You're yes, a you. pastor. Your father, your husband. Um, can you introduce yourself and in a little bit more? Talk about well, anything you want people to know about yourself. Well, Danny, I am a Patrick Bryant, as you said, your cousin from Louisville, Kentucky. 
uh, father of two, two boys, a uh, beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I currently am a pastor of a church here in Columbia, South Carolina, or Blythewood, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for the Department of Probation and Parole. I am a rehabilitation counselor. Okay. Uh, and I just finished my doctorate degree. Uh, yes. Day Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm glad that's over. Uh, <laughs> and so right now I'm just trying to figure out what to do with the little free free time that I do have mm-hmm. that I would normally be using, utilizing to do my studies. So. Right. Uh, but right now we're just we're extremely blessed. Uh, mm-hmm. We just have a lot going on, but taking it all in stride. Yeah. That's good. That's 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 pretty much me. <laughs> All right, and um, you went to you did undergrad at Benedict, right? Benedict Benedict College. I did College. my undergrad at Benedict College, okay. Columbia, South Carolina. And what yep. was your what was your major there? Uh, my major was business with a concentration in marketing. Okay, so then, um, so during that time, you went to Oxford, right? I did. I actually had an opportunity to finish my undergraduate degree at Oxford University in England. Oh, so you finished your degree there? I did. I did my last semester of study. It was oh. a study abroad program and exchange program. Okay, yeah. And basically what I did was I took the remaining courses that I needed to graduate from Benedict at mm-hmm. Oxford. And then is- they just transferred those credits in. And so my transcript looks as if I did three and a half years at Benedict, and I did my last semester at Oxford. Gotcha. That's so cool. How did that come about? Uh, was that part of your plan, or did you did someone tell you about that option and you went for it? Like, how did that how did that come about? Yeah, yeah, you are not gonna believe me. <laughs> I was standing in the honors dorm at mm-hmm. Benedict College, and in our honors dorm at the at the on the first floor, they would always put up posters of different opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that students could take advantage of. And so for like my first two years standing in this dorm, mm-hmm. there was this poster up at the bottom of the of the dorm that said study abroad program at Oxford University. Mm. Well, in my mind, I said, I'm never going to go to England. It's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, so there's no need of me even paying any attention to that. Well, anyway, my last my last year at Benedict, my senior year, mm-hmm. I had finished all of my coursework, but I still had a semester left to graduate. Okay. And so my advisor pretty much told me that when I came back the last semester, I would just pretty much be sitting around just taking courses that I needed just to be able to remain a student at the school. Mm-hmm. So one day I went downstairs and I said, let me pick up the phone and call this this program. And so I did. Uh, the program told me to apply. I thought it was a hoax. I still didn't think it was real. <laughs> uh, but then I, I went to my advisor at Benedict College, or not my advisor, the dean of the School of Business, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told them that I had applied. And my dean, his words were, if they accept you in the program, don't worry about anything else. I'll take care of the rest. Wow. And so a couple of weeks later, I got yeah. this email from the study abroad program said that I've been accepted. And I went back to my dean, and he began to explain to me, you know, just how much this opportunity was not going to have a, just have a positive impact on me, mm-hmm. but it was going to be a, have a positive impact on our entire college. I was the first student in Benedict's history uh, to ever study at Oxford. Wow. So it, it was a, it was a big deal for the, 
for the entire college. So that's that's amazing. That yeah. is amazing, Wow. So, and that was, yeah. was that your first time uh, going out of the country? That was my first time going out of the country. Wow. Uh, I want to say I think the flight was, if I can remember correctly, it may have been like 12 or 13 hours. Mm. It was a pretty long flight. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow, that is that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was nothing, nothing planned. It just, mm -hmm. I kept walking past this poster and said, I'm going to call these folks. And that's what I did. So. Yeah. And it worked out. You know, it worked out. And on top of that, I didn't have to pay any extra money because what happened was the money that I was just paying Benedict for that last semester, mm -hmm. they paid Oxford. So okay. that's how that worked out. So you and didn't I was really... already on a full scholarship. So Oh wow. So you didn't have to really worry about anything except like daily living expenses. Daily living, uh in my flight. That's pretty okay. much the only thing I had had to had to take care of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, wow. How did, um, what did like, um, Pat and Aunt Terry, like, what did your, your parents think about this? Were they excited for you? Did it seem random well, to think, them? I think initially sort of like me, uh, I think the initial response that I got from family mm -hmm. was like, is this a hoax? Is this, is this real? <laughs> I mean, uh, in our family at that time, uh, probably like a lot of African-American families, you know, that I guess we would be considered somewhat of a middle-class family. Mm -hmm. uh, to hear of, of of one of your family members going to Oxford University in England is really a tad bit of a stretch. Mm -hmm. uh, two, it wasn't as if, two, I was like the scholar of all scholars, so I wasn't this big scholastic type of guy. So mm -hmm. uh, Initially, I think everybody was excited but at the same time like is this for real so mm -hmm. i don't i don't really think it hit everyone until um that christmas break before i went to england because i went to england at, that january of 2017 i think no what was it i'm sorry 2008 okay uh i went to england and i was gone from january to april so it didn't it didn't didn't kick in until that december uh, prior to me going where I was buying my plane ticket and all of that, that's where everybody was like, oh man, this is for real. So that that's when the light bulb came on for everybody. Mm -hmm. Wow. And were you, um, were you nervous? Were you excited? How did you feel leading up to actually going to Oxford? Um, I think the most part, you know, of me being nervous was of course going to another country. Mm -hmm. Um, just not knowing all of the different customs, just not knowing uh, the particular political climate at uh, mm -hmm. that time of the country. I did a little research, uh, but two at that time, we were right in the thicket of uh, President Obama uh, mm. about to enter into office. Yeah. Um, or actually he was, I believe he was in office at the time. He may have been doing his first term, I think, uh, or, or about to start his first term anyway. Uh, and so just going over there and not necessarily knowing, you know, how I will be received as an African-American male going into a different country. Uh, so for the most part, that I wasn't nervous at all about the work, about being able to carry the workload, you know, academically. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Benedict, um, I'm really proud of my HBCU, BC, BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really prepared me academically uh, for the for for the rigor um, experience that I had mm-hmm. at Oxford. You know, going through the coursework. So, other than that, like I said, just not knowing what it, what it was going to be when I got over there. Yeah. Uh, that was about the only thing that made me nervous. Okay. Okay. And um, so January comes, you get on the plane, you get to Oxford, um, and you start settling in. Were you living yep. in a dorm, or was there like a short-term apartment that you were living in? Well, I was living in an apartment. It was four of us. Okay. Uh, it was myself and uh, three others. We okay. all had our own room. Three can. Four complete strangers standing in an apartment. <laughs> uh, we had all came from different parts of the U.S. Okay. Uh, I, I believe one of my roommates was from Florida. The other one was from Boston. I think the other one was from Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, and so, and so we basically were splitting this apartment. Uh, it was a, it was a great experience because you had the opportunity to meet three other people that you, you know, complete strangers that came from different walks of life. Uh, and I want to say in, in my apartment, I was the only African-American. So it was an opportunity for me to expand my horizons culturally mm. uh, as well. Just learning uh, mentally uh, how some of our other uh, brothers and sisters think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it really opened up my eyes a lot to a lot of misconceptions uh, that maybe I had uh, derived to at that point in my life about other ethnicities. But spending that time really, really, really was a great way to, to cultivate a different way of thinking. Yeah, that's so I, I enjoyed it. And were they all, were they in a similar program like you, where they were just there for a semester? Um, yeah, everybody was pretty much there for, was there for the same amount of time. Okay. Uh, so I think we finished our classes actually like the first week of April. Mm. And then for the rest of the time, I think we had like one or two weeks to travel. Oh, okay. Uh, so everyone was pretty much there the same amount of time. Nice. Gotcha. Um, did you, during that, those last couple of weeks you had, did you travel just within England or did you go to other countries in Europe? I went to Portugal. Okay. Uh, an awesome time in Portugal. Mm. Um, most beautiful place I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. Uh, it, mm. it really was. Uh, <laughs> on my way back to Oxford from Portugal, I was the next day I was supposed to go to Rome mm-hmm. uh, and lost my passport uh, from oh, no. getting back from the bus that brought me back to Oxford. Uh, so in between walking from the bus to my apartment, I lost my passport in a snow blizzard. Um and so I did not get to make my trip to Rome. So I was, for about 48 hours, I was in England with no passport, no money, mm-hmm. uh, no, no, no nothing. And, and graciously, uh, the day after I was supposed to go to Rome, a complete stranger found my pouch with all of my stuff in it, found my email address, emailed oh. me, and then told me to come back and get my stuff, and everything was intact. Oh, so my I was goodness. a little upset that I didn't get to go to Rome, uh, but at the same time, I was truly grateful that I was able to get all my stuff back. Yeah, you got your stuff back. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my yeah, goodness. Uh, but 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 as far as going outside, uh, 
that was it. I, I spent the, mo- the majority of my time within, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in London. So, oh, okay. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And that's like about how far is that between? That London was about and 45 Oxford. minutes from Oxford. Okay. About that's a 45 bad. minute drive. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I went yeah. there often. I, I know every weekend I was pretty much in London. That was like my getaway. So. Yeah, experiencing the city life. Yeah, I enjoy going to London because at any given time you just see like random celebrities. Like I, I could vaguely remember seeing Alicia Keys. Oh, uh, <laughs> he was just randomly walking down the street. I want to say I think I saw Jamie Fox. Uh, wow. And I mean they were just just randomly walking down the street. You know, it wasn't a huge entourages or anything like that. So that mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Okay. Wow, that's so interesting. Oh yeah, um, it was a great experience. <laughs> and then, so at Oxford, you were taking, you know, the remainder of your classes for your degree, and you said mm-hmm. you didn't, you weren't concerned too much about the rigor of it because Benedict had prepared you. Um, so, in your day-to-day life, going to classes, was it about the same kind of thing as at Benedict? Were you, um, in terms of like class structure or your your schedule, um, or was it? No, was it... it 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 was completely different. Oh, okay. Uh, at Oxford, they Oxford. I don't know if they still do it now, but at that time, Oxford was operating on a uh, tutorial system. Okay. What and is so that? when I had my when I had, well tutorial system is pretty much when I had my classes, it was actually just me and my professor in their office. Oh. Okay. So it was, one, it was everything was one on one. There was mm-hmm. I was never in a classroom setting. Um, and the way that it was structured, a little different from what I was accustomed to. I was accustomed here in the U.S. at Benedict of going to class, you know, maybe with about twenty to twenty-five people, mm-hmm. uh, and then taking exams. Where at Oxford, what I did was I pretty much met with my professors. They would give me readings that I was responsible for reading. And I would actually have to write 12 to 13 page papers, one per week uh, of what I read from the readings that they would give me. And, and, and from what I understand in talking with the professors, the objective of it was at that time, a lot of the Oxford professors had actually received or obtained their education in the US. Oh, and they're. Okay. And one and one of their pet peeves were was at that time was that at the, in the U.S. they felt like education was made too easy. They felt mm-hmm. like in the big classroom settings you could hide behind others. So if you mm-hmm. didn't study, if you didn't read, you could hide behind you know a couple people to answer all of the questions in class. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was over in Oxford they made it one on one. That way there was nobody for you to hide behind. So if you didn't know the information. They would know that you didn't prepare. Right, right. Uh, that 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 was pretty cool and challenging at the same time mm-hmm. uh, because you know you had to be on point every time you went to class. Yeah, pretty interesting. That's so interesting. When I went to Japan, it was like that. Um, okay. It wasn't structured that way. Like they had a class stru- structure where you were with a group of people, but mm-hmm. um, they separated um, each group by their language level. And so okay. I was in level four, which was like the highest and the most like intensive, like the most work. And mm-hmm. um, 
you know, and so a lot of people were wanted to, they wanted to learn, obviously, but they wanted to have time to enjoy being in Japan, which, you know, who doesn't? So right. I ended up, I wasn't the only one who tested in, but I was the only one who decided to take that level. So I was in a classroom by myself every day, same kind of gotcha. thing, where the professors um, would, they would rotate. So I would stay in the classroom and they would rotate, but it was just me and them. So if I had an off day or I didn't really study that hard or I just wasn't into it and I wasn't really trying, like it showed up, you know, you can, yep. you're the only one. So they know mm -hmm. something's up if you can't answer a question or if you're just not being that attentive. Yeah. So yep. yeah, yep. I, I definitely. And to be honest with you, Danielle, to, you know, to be honest with you, um, you know, now having, of course, you know, been able to obtain a doctorate and, and just kind of went through the different levels of education. Mm -hmm. Um, Believe it or not, if it, you know, and I'm hoping at some point to uh, be able to engage in the academic track of becoming a professor and kind of moving around, moving my way up. Mm, okay. I actually think it would be a great idea if we had more of those type of systems here in the U.S. Yeah, uh, I think it would uh, it would challenge students more uh, to really pour as much of themselves and much effort as they could into their studies as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, to get the most, to get the most out of the experience. Yeah. Um, so I loved it. it. It caught me off guard initially, but mm -hmm. when I went, I did not know that there, I thought I was going to be in a classroom with, full of folks. Mm -hmm. And so when I met my professors and they were saying everything was one on one, it was kind of like, whoa! But <laughs> but we made it. Yeah, you got used to it, and you you know were able to yeah. do your best and all that. Wow. And you, wait, so you had to write 12 to 13 page papers every week? Is a that week. for each professor? Was that multiple ones you had to do a week or is it? Well, the good thing was the good thing was I only had one class at a time. Okay. And so so I would do like three weeks or so with one professor, three to four weeks with one professor. Oh, and then okay. I would do and then I would have the other the other professor and then I do the third professor because I, I took three classes. So. Okay. Uh, so each class was January, February. Yeah, each class was about a about a month. Okay. Uh, and were these all so business was, classes? All of them were business classes, uh, but uh, I actually took a couple of which I didn't really need, but because I am a pastor, I took a couple of theological courses, mm. or theology courses uh, yeah. on the side, just a somewhat of, of of some elective type courses. But they, I didn't really need them for credits, but I just yeah. kind of took them for my own edification. Yeah. That's good. Something you wanted to yeah. do. Had you already started taking, um, like studying theology when you were at Benedict? I can't remember like when you actually started preaching. So, um, well, I started preaching, uh, my senior year in high school. Okay. Um, but when I got to Benedict, I, I intentionally decided not to major in religion. Okay. Um, what is that? I didn't, well, I knew I had aspirations to be a pastor at some some point, mm -hmm. uh, and I knew that there were a lot of different aspects outside of preaching and teaching when it came to pastoring. Mm -hmm. And so I figured that it would behoove me to take some business courses uh, so that I could be just as sharp as a, of an administrator as I was a preacher and a teacher. Gotcha. So that's why I decided to take the business track. Okay. And so you're your first time actually taking theology courses was while you were at Oxford. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, well, I took I took some religion courses at Benedict for my electives. Gotcha. Okay. Because we had to have elective courses, but my my major courses coursework was business. Business. But I did take some uh, religion electives. Wow. Okay. And um, all right. So you're you're going to school at Oxford. You're an American in in England. Did you have any? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering: Did people uh, interact with you in a certain way because you were American? You know, did people make jokes about your accent, or did they were they did they want to like learn more about where you come from? Because I know in a lot of countries they seem to be fascinated by American people. You know, how did you know British people react to you or just interact with you on a daily basis? Uh, believe it or not, Danielle, it was a uh... Actually, my, from my experience, it was mostly very warm, mm -hmm. a, a, a very uh, warm embrace uh, from 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 my family over in England. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't recall two two I guess you would say explicit experiences that I had. Mm -hmm. One was I went to London, and uh, it was funny because when I was in high school and at Benedict, I took. French courses, yeah. but I never thought that I would have to use the language. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so when I went over to England, I took with me a uh, a dictionary that would translate the languages so that, mm -hmm. you know, if I was rusty, uh, at least I could pull it out and kind of feel my way through. Yeah. But I never forget when I went to London, I was standing at a pizza stand. I wanted a slice of pizza. Mm -hmm. And I stood there and I asked the young lady who was there, I said, could I have a slice of pepperoni pizza? But she never would respond to me. She just looked at me. Hmm. And so finally, the person standing behind me who happened to be from the US tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, she's not going to serve you until you at least attempt the native language. Because by you not at least attempting the native language, mm -hmm. it's very insulting. And so from that experience, I learned that um, I had to exhibit some humility yeah. uh, to at least let the folks know over there that I did respect and observe mm -hmm. their language. Uh, and so from that point on, I carried my dictionary with me everywhere I went and studied that dictionary yeah. uh, and tried to remember as much as and recall as much as I could. Okay. Uh, but, but like I said, uh, I mean, wait, I'm confused. I'm confused. The pizza shop was in London. The pizza shop was in London. But she wouldn't respond to you. But you were speaking English, right? Were they like Italians or French people that owned the pizza shop? They were French folks that oh. owned the pizza. That owned the pizza place. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So and, uh, uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 even though, even though I was in London. That experience, though, went with me everywhere else yeah. I went. Right. So, right. so what I did was I just had to make sure that in every in all the different places I went, I had to make sure that I had somewhat of a of a handle at least on the different languages mm -hmm. in yeah. order to make it during the different time periods that I was in those places. Yeah, makes sense. So when I was in Oxford, I had to know what I had to know what what what, what was clearly spoken in Oxford. When I was in London, I had to know what was clearly spoken in in London. So 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 that 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 was different because again you know like you said here it is you had a lady in London selling pizza who spoke French 
so, so that really caught me off guard. <laughs> so, so, so it was just those type of experiences. Uh, like I said, to me, that was still warm because at least you had somebody behind you who tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, listen, I want to help you out. Mm -hmm. The only way she's going to serve you is if you at least attempt her language. So, um, yeah, believe it or not, I still carry that with me right today, even in the U.S. When I'm going to different places, I try to be aware of where I am mm -hmm. uh, so that I can show as much respect as possible when I'm in a particular location. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's so interesting. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know why I'm surprised because London is like a very multicultural city. But then when you just yeah. told me that story, I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it makes yeah. sense because there's so many different kinds of people in London, especially. So, and it's good that you yeah. try your best to just be aware and respectful. Um, and when you're like amongst other cultures or in different settings, so that's really good. Um, yeah. So I did want to ask you about um, the culture at Oxford, because Oxford is like very prestigious. Most of the time when you say the word Oxford over here, people know what that means, but well, know what that means. But um, was there a sense there at Oxford that, oh, like we're, I don't know, like among students there, was there a sense that people felt um, that, they knew they were at a prestigious place and did they feel like they themselves were prestigious or um, I don't know, like uh, at a higher level to some extent because they went to this particular school or is it kind of just like, I mean, we're all here. It's good that we all made it, but it's not that big a deal. You know, what was the culture in terms of people at Oxford and how they felt about being at that school? Um. In my experience, uh, you know, the pace was so fast. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, you know, when you would see folks, everybody was just kind of about their business. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and, and and even when I when I did study abroad over the um, Oxford, if you would, the students were like right in the thicket of their of their semester as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so. Where I was, I was mostly taking a lot of classes, even though I was an undergraduate student from the US. Mm -hmm. At Oxford, where they have their business courses take place, or where the professors, where their offices are, mm -hmm. is in one of the buildings for graduate students. Okay. So you would oftentimes see students a lot of times just very much under the pressure of studying, uh, and so I did not really come across anyone who, and I could I can only think of a, of this term bougie, if you would, <laughs> or yeah. who, who, like you said, walked around with a mindset, you know, of of superior of being superior. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I I didn't really experience that. Now I will say now in the library though, in when mm -hmm. I when I did go to one of the 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 main libraries in the town of Oxford. Now there, you would find some folks that you know that you could tell. Let's just say who were very pleased with themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and but that was mostly professors, though. I, okay. I I didn't really I didn't really come into contact with that a lot with actually other students. Okay. Yeah. Um, who who were actually from England? I, I didn't experience that. Okay. 
see how we're mostly focused on your studies. Like people were too yeah. focused on their studies to be like too high minded about themselves or anything like no. that. Okay. And, and and to be honest, a lot of the times I would come in contact with, you know, even students there who were impressed with me because I was an African American male who were mm-hmm. studying at Oxford. So yeah. Um, were there so a lot um, were there a lot of black students? I'm sure it weren't it wasn't that many, um, given the institution that y'all were at. But um, did you come across um, other black students either from the U.S. or other countries, or even like you know British British people who were also black at Oxford? Unfortunately, they I did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were actually a couple pockets within within Oxford, yeah, uh, where I was told that that's what, pretty much where a lot of the black folk were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was kind of warned that those were not the safest places to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I spent a lot of time by myself, and I was in a place that I did not know anything about, yeah. uh, I. I felt bad because I wanted to go. My curiosity wanted me to go to see mm-hmm. what it, you know, what it was really like. But then at the other, the other token was, if I was in a place I did not know, I thought that it would be of my interest to listen to those who were advising me, yeah. like the advisors in the program, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously if they lived there, it was something that they knew that I did not. Yeah. So, yeah, so in the in the in the downtown area of Oxford, every now and then you would come across. Uh, a couple c- couple of folks who, who look somewhat like me, but even in the study abroad program that I was in, it was only two of us out of like mm-hmm. maybe 50 students. It was two of us who were African American. Mm-hmm. So okay. that, that, that was different. Gotcha. Especially when I was coming from an HBCU. Yeah. Black Apollo, so yeah. <laughs> that, 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 Okay. Well, I mean, that's that sounds pretty much like I would have assumed it was. I just figured I'd ask. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, you're going to classes. You're focused on that. You got to travel a little bit. Um, did you ever, because you said this was your first time leaving the country. Did you ever feel mm-hmm. homesick? Um, were you able to communicate with your family or friends often? Um you know, how did you keep in touch with people back home? Uh, a lot of emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, try not to use my cell phone too much, just because you know the Roman charges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and of course, and of course, been out of another country. Uh, but be honest with you, I mean, every now and then I would get a little homesick, like on weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when there were no classes. Um, but my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she literally called me every day while I was in England. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> she literally called me every day. Uh, wow. and, and, uh, and so between her and my mom, uh, because of you know, if one of them would call me, they would, you know, three way somebody else on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, let's see, what else did I have? 
Oh, so um, would you go back to England at any point? Would you want? I to would. Home? I um, I actually would love to take my wife. Actually. Hmm. So if maybe if if we could go back together one day, I would love to do that. Yeah, I'm sure she'd enjoy it. Absolutely. I definitely want to take her to Portugal. Yeah. Was it the like the natural scenery that you? Because you said that was like the be most beautiful place you ever you've ever been. Was it the architecture or like the natural scenery? What about it made it um, so beautiful to you? To be honest with you, it was the water. It was the most crystal clear blue water I've ever seen. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Um, and and as well, everything over there was so authentic. Mm -hmm. Um. And then to uh, the natives there, uh, they were some of the most, when I say beautiful, like their skin tone uh, was just so beautiful. And, and, and again, the warmth uh, that, they, that, they, that they displayed. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Plus, uh, even though over there we were using a different form of currency, uh, nothing was all that expensive at all. So that was that was pretty much a shock. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've never been to yeah. Portugal. I never I don't think I've ever really thought about going to Portugal, but I've heard good things similar to what you just said. So if you Might ever get a out. chance to go, you gotta yeah. go. Yeah. Hmm. You gotta go. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember you said you um you were you didn't have to worry about expenses because the dean of your the dean of business at Benedict kind of took care of it. But you were also already on a full scholarship, right, at Benedict? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you remember? Um, was there a name for that scholarship? Like, did you did they um, did you apply for it when you were applying as a senior in high school, or did they look at you know your your application to Benedict and decide to consider you for that? Like, how did you end up getting that scholarship? Actually, Danielle, it is nothing short of a miracle scholarship, if you would. Um, my adopted godfather is a guy by the name of Mr. Charlie Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he is actually the, the chairman of the board of trustees at Benedict College. Okay. And every year he sends inner city youth from Louisville um, to Benedict on a scholarship. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and the only thing, the only thing that you have to do is you have to maintain a uh, 2.5 GPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had an opportunity to go to school for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, prior to him coming into my life, I didn't know if I was going to get to go to college at all. Really? Uh, I did not know. I, I I was in Kentucky, of course, when I graduated from high school, and I had a mm -hmm. full scholarship to another school. Uh, but we got a new new governor my senior year of high school, and the first thing that governor did was dried up uh, educational funding. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. And so I lost my scholarship to go to the in-state school in Kentucky. And so this gentleman was introduced to me by another mentor that I had at the time. Mm -hmm. He told me to apply to Benedict. I applied. And then once I got in, he told me that he was going to give me a full ride for four years. Wow. 
That is that's pretty much call. how I got there. Yeah. Is he from Louisville? Is that why he uh, takes Louisville students specifically to He lives Benedict? in Louisville. He lives okay. in Louisville, but he is originally from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but he, he's from Detroit. Uh, but he went to the University of Louisville to play on a football scholarship. Oh, okay. And then from there, he went and played in the NFL for the then Baltimore Colts mm -hmm. uh, and the San Francisco 49ers. I believe he also he even has a Super Bowl, I believe, a Super Bowl ring with the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Uh, and he then started a trucking company. And from his trucking company, he was able to take some of his uh, income from the trucking company. He started investing into small to small schools. Yeah. And Benedict was one of the schools that he invested in. Wow. Wow. He seems like so a really fascinating person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like um, you've kind of, uh, not to say that you didn't have to do a lot on your own, but it seems like you've had people kind of in your corner that have helped you along what with um, getting the scholarship to Benedict or affording the pro affording the program at Oxford or you mentioned the the random stranger who returned your passport to you or the person in the pizza shop it seems like you've had people kind of step in at the right time to help you do whatever it was you needed to do at the time um, yeah that's that's amazing <laughs> yeah I mean then, yeah, it, I mean, even now, uh, that has pretty much been the story of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, people have just come, and, and, and I mean, it, it's pretty much started, you know, in you and I's family. You know, when I think about folks, uh, you know, like your grandfather, who was yeah. very instrumental in my life, you know, uh, education has always been a no brainer and a we didn't have a choice in our right. family. As related to, uh, we did not have to, a choice. We didn't have a choice to pursue education. But I mean, you think about, you know, folks like your grandfather, who was one of the first African-American principals mm -hmm. uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And so when you come from a family like that and and then his sister, uh, mm -hmm. our, our aunt Jessie, who was Jessie, also yeah. an educator uh, and your grandmother. Uh, mm -hmm. who was also an educator who was big on education. So, you know, just coming from a family like that, yeah. uh, that, yeah. that, that foundation was laid. Yeah. Um, so as I, as I have matriculated on, it's just been different folks coming in at different chapters of my life, of my life to, to give me that extra push. So. Yeah. Can't take that's that all I, That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I know. Yeah. So getting a doctorate was pretty much, uh, you know, you know, I think for most folks, you know, it, it, it don't get me wrong, it is a big deal, mm -hmm. uh, but it was something that I, I knew I wanted to do it. When I graduated from high school, you know, I said that uh, I always wanted to go on and get my doctorate. And it wasn't so much to, to boast or brag or for people to be in awe because I got a doctorate, but, I, you know, mm -hmm. I've always wanted it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And now having important. two boys, two children of my own, uh, their mother and I, we kind of have a motto that we we've pursued our education to leave our children no 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 excuses. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So that's pretty much that's pretty much where we are. Yeah. 
That's good. That's good. And you've like, you're still so young, I feel like, and you've been able to achieve so much and getting a doctorate is just one of the many things you've been able to achieve. So I'm sure they'll be able to look up to you and be like, dad did all this stuff. You know, I feel like, I feel like we can do it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, I'm 31 and I'll be 32 the week after next. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have tons of life ahead of you. So, wow. Um, so I I just wanted to get back to your experience, um, in Oxford or just abroad more generally. Um, do you have any, um, do you, I mean, it doesn't seem like you did, but I just wanted to ask anyway, do you have any regrets, like things that you did, or I guess mostly things that you wish you would have done differently while you were there? Um, so do you have any regrets? And then just overall, do you have any advice for anyone looking to study abroad in the UK or travel there just in general? Um, I want to say, Danielle, I, you know, regrets from that perspective. Uh, I, I would have liked to have been able to go a few more places. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, other than that, that would probably be the only regret. And the okay. only, if I had some advice, uh, would be just to tell folks, don't be afraid to pursue the opportunity. You know, if you have an opportunity to go, go. Uh, it, it is an opportunity that will forever change your life for the positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, lo- I look to do it again. Uh, now, especially now that I'm married and I have children, I you know, I would like to the experience of being able to expose them to that. Yeah. Um, and, and I probably will go and do some postdoctoral studies at Oxford. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, in theological education. So I, I'm gonna kind of take a reprieve, kind of decompress mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, spend a little time here with the family and do a couple things, but, but uh, I know I'd definitely probably be going back to Oxford to do some postdoctoral studies. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you're not finished. You're not finished. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, in the words of your grandfather, uh, I'm crazy enough to keep going through the agony. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if that's what you want to do for yourself, then you know, why not? Hey. Yeah. Got <laughs> got 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 it. Got to try to keep the brain sharp, so right. the mind sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, do you have any travel plans coming up in the near future? Uh, with Either international and I, or domestic? My family and I are going to be uh, taking a couple trips. We're actually about to take us a cruise here uh, soon to uh, the Bahamas. Ooh, Okay. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, have you so, been on? The- uh, it's my first time. First time okay. going on a cruise. And my wife has been on a couple of them, but it's my first cruise. So. Ooh, okay. So that'll be real interesting. Yeah, it will. It's, it will. From what I hear, because I don't, I don't really do boats like that. I don't know. Cruise mm-hmm. ships just seem like it's basically like a floating hotel, you know? Okay. And it's gotcha. just like amazing how you can like have so much going on. And so, yep. like this huge structure that fits so many people, and, but you're still like on a boat, basically on the water. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure that'll be a really, 
fun experience for you. And have you been to the Caribbean before either? No, first time. Yeah. First time. But like I said, I I owe my family, you know, they they sacrificed a lot uh, you know, with me pursuing my education. I, I would have to say uh I went to Benedict from 2004 to 2008. Mm -hmm. Um I started my masters in 2009. And from 2009 to 2018 I went to school straight. Yeah. So I worked full-time job, pastor the church, had a family, and of course was finishing my degree. So Yeah. So I owed them I owed them this vacation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because that's what, like, fourteen years from like yeah undergrad through to your mat or your doctorate. Fourteen years yep. of education. Yeah. Continuous education. <laughs> so now you all get to have a break and just enjoy yourselves. Have a little break, enjoy ourselves. Like I said, we're <laughs> we're, we're taking a couple trips. Mm -hmm. We we'll actually be heading to, to Kentucky in a couple of weeks for a wedding. Oh um, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 you know, we, we're trying to do a couple things. Like I said, uh, I can't complain. Mm -hmm. No, I, it's just my job to try to find the money so we can go. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but no, but, 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 but I, I'm enjoying it and, and looking forward to all the festivities that are upon us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you have a good time. It sounds like it'll be really fun. Absolutely. Um, I look forward. <laughs> so uh, thank you for uh, spending some time chatting with me. Uh, I really enjoyed learning all about your experiences and all the the little miracles you've had along the way that helped you get to this point. Um, I just want to ask. You. Oh, go. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say thank you for allowing me to, to do this interview with you. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad to to talk and to give you an opportunity to reminisce and share your wisdom and all that. So it's it's a pleasure. Um, yes, ma'am. I just wanted to ask, last but not least, um, is there anywhere that you'd want people to find you or uh, get in contact with you? Is there any like upcoming projects that you want people to know about, or any social media that you want people to follow you on? Anything of the sort. Um, if you have that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to become a little bit more uh, technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am on Facebook, Patrick Bryant, uh, Patrick J. Bryant on mm -hmm. Facebook. Uh, and you can also uh, every week on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church of Blythewood. Okay. Uh, that's the church I pastor. Uh, mm -hmm. We put up sermons and the teachings. Uh, so right now, those those are the two main ways that you can just keep up with. Me. And uh, right now, I'm giving some thought to uh, to actually writing a book. Oh yeah. Uh, and so uh, and so we that's forthcoming. So so we'll Ooh. we'll be putting out some more details about that. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay, well, I would totally read that once y'all get it together. I would totally read it. Yeah. Okay. So people right. can I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> So people can either uh, find you or your church on Facebook, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. Okay. Well, uh, that's all that I have for you today. I hope you have a great Saturday and everything. And, and you um, do the same. 
Thank you. Thank you. So I guess I'll see you in a few weeks in, in July. Yes, ma'am. Right? You would definitely. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. That's a wedding I don't think we better miss. No, no. We <laughs> we were we were threatened, basically. <laughs> if right, we miss right, it, right. if we miss it, we're finna have some problems. So exactly. we can't we can't not be there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I would definitely see you in Kentucky. Okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later and have a great Saturday and rest of your weekend, okay? Okay, you do the same and thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, y'all. There it is. Thanks to Jaquay for being such a wonderful guest and happy belated birthday. He and I were both in attendance at that wedding that we weren't allowed to miss. <laughs> and um, I sang in the ceremony. He officiated the ceremony. And uh, my cousin, his little sister, Kayla, from episode one, is now a married woman. So congratulations to you, Kayla. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and also in the description box for this episode, as with all episodes, don't forget to follow the link for the blog post slash resource list. Um, for each episode, I do a write up about that particular guest. And I also include a list um, of resources that were mentioned. So if you're interested in getting more information about anything you hear, be sure to check out um, that blog post slash resource list because um, there you'll have all the information you need at your fingertips. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show to talk about any international experiences you've had um, as a student, either currently or in the past, then um, feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for next week, we are keeping it in the UK. Um, (laughs) It's just how it worked out. We're keeping it in the UK. Um, I have a a friend of mine whom I met in undergrad who uh, is an artist of multiple disciplines, especially dance and film. And uh, she actually moved to London this uh, January. January of this year, she moved from the States to London to attend film school. And so she's going to talk about that, about the the life transitions that she's made recently, um, what it's like adjusting to London, and then also, you know, other travels that she's been able to do. So you'll hear all about that next week. But until then, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.